I couldn't be more excited than to hire Chip Kelly as the new head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. It's really humbling to, to stand here as the 19th head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, to me, the preeminent organization in the National Football League. Um, there's always been a statement I always thought about is that we can see farther today because of the shoulders that we stand on of the people that came before us. And when you look at the rich history and tradition of this organization, it's second to none. There he is, the new head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. That news is a little bit old now, as you probably know that uh, if you're a listener of the show, we haven't been around for a couple weeks. We are in flux a little bit. I was out of town for my birthday, and Nick is not in studio with me today. That's right. I have moved out of the area. So this is a, a fun experiment for us here. We're using the uh, the Skype function on our computers. And, you know, Chip Kelly, though, just, just to touch on that really quickly, like, He's saying all the right things, right? I mean, you, you have to come in and just praise the organization. And, you know, this, this is this is the number one franchise. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. You, you got to toast the guy for that. I mean, how different was that, was that press conference from the Tom Sula press conference, right? And, I mean, this is kind of old news now, but we got to talk about it a little bit because we haven't had a chance to. And, by the way, I do want to say it's a bummer not to have you at work here with me anymore. Yeah, Moving on yeah, to a new different. career. Uh, good luck to you there. It's, it's a bummer not having you around, man. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a it was a hard decision to leave, but at the same time, you know, gotta do what's best for the family. The fam. And I'm just stoked we can keep Gold Faithful going, man. That's, That's it. That's right. Heck yeah. Chip Kelly, I <laughs> and some humor that I didn't expect coming from him. Yeah. That was fun to hear. But I do want to play a clip of him just kind of destroying a couple of reporters that were kind of throwing some stuff out there and he's like, Okay, do you want to get into that? <laughs> well, let's get into that. And this was this was about the uh the zone read. We can get going football-wise. The read option has never been run in here. It's a zone read, to be first off. And I think when you have the right personnel, you can. I know Russell Wilson and uh, Cam Newton are killing people with it right now. So I think it's <laughs> applicable to who you have from a personnel standpoint. So, yeah, he opened up a can a couple of times. And right. it was, I mean, it was night and day. He has answers for questions. Yeah. And it's something that our old head coach, love him to death, Jimmy T, I'm sorry, but he was unprepared for press conference answers and he was unprepared for game situations right um and so if nothing else changes that will change and i'm excited for it yeah i feel like with tom sula it was a lot of like well let me check with bulky and york and get back to you on that <laughs> whereas with chip kelly he's just he's running the show and you can see it and it's it's a good feeling i mean you know he, he brought in a, basically a whole new coaching staff i mean obviously he kept a couple people around but I, i'm really excited to see what he can do with this new coaching staff. He's brought four guys with him from the Eagles, you know, a couple back from his Oregon days as well. And the guy's a winner. We, we said that from the get-go. I think our last show was right before they hired someone, and we were saying all these different names. And we, when Chip Kelly came up, there was a lot of like, you know what? What's wrong with this guy? He had one bad season. You know, before that, 10 straight wins with Philly. Before that, 10 straight wins with Philly. Before that, Four straight BCS appearances at Oregon. I mean, this guy does nothing but coach football very, very well. Right. And we were both kind of on board with Chip Kelly. And at the time, we were surprised that he hadn't been interviewed, that he hadn't been mentioned more with the 49ers job. And as it turns out, he was probably being interviewed as we were speaking, as we were on the air for right. that show, because it came out, I think, the day, the next day or the day after that uh, that they were on with, with Chip Kelly. So 
that's I think a great hire. Um, there was <laughs> actually there was an interesting thing. I, I want to play a little clip, and uh, it was it was just a little bit surprising. I'll let you be the judge of, of how you feel about this exchange. Okay. I'm not governed by the fear of what other people say. Man, I think somewhere in there he said we're going to run the football. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he didn't quite. Balky didn't jump all over him like that. I was waiting for a moment to see if Balky piped in on anything, and he did not. He wasn't about right. to say anything and step on Chip's toes. And I think uh, I think Balky's probably slightly embarrassed about that thing that happened a year ago at the at the Tom Sula press conference. Yeah, this yeah. is this is Chip's show. More to, yeah, more to that point. It's like you know they fired Harbaugh and then they came in and bring in they brought in their puppet and Tom Sula and they they basically ran the press conference too and then they went five and eleven. And now they're just like, okay, all right, we're not so full of ourselves. We can take a step back, let this new guy take over. This is his show. We got a lot of flack for the moves that we made, and rightfully so. They're stepping back, and and that's good to see. And and the the fact that Chip said he didn't want to be a personnel guy, you know, he was sort of forced yeah. into that role. He wants to be a coach. And then uh, and then this, I had no clothes. <laughs> <laughs> He just brought sweat. I mean, it, it, <laughs> th- that part was so funny because it's it's not like he didn't literally mean you are not allowed to bring anything with you. Get on a plane this second. You can you can bring stuff with you before right. you get onto the plane. Yeah, just as long as you're on the plane, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Exactly. I had no clothes. Just had a, a pair of sweats. <laughs> Sounds like me, man. I'm living out of boxes right now. I don't oh, even man. have internet yet. This is a. a a Verizon hotspot or something that I had to go buy so that, that my wife and I could use the internet here. Xfinity promised me that when I moved into my new house that, oh, it's ready to go. You just need to plug in and give us a call. Not the case. Uh, One Xfinity. week uh, without internet. One week. Well, there's I, <laughs> I have something to break for you then because the last 48 hours we talked before we went on the air, and I know you don't know a couple of things that's that happened very, very don't, recently. I don't even have my, my cables not hooked up either. It's, <laughs> it's all through Xfinity. Yeah, Xfinity is where, first of all, where you went wrong. I, the, that that <laughs> whole company I can go to hell as far as this I'm This new area, man. It's that or basically nothing. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you're forced into it sometimes, which is the worst part. Um, yeah. So – the big hire, aside from Chip Kelly, he's the head coach, and obviously everyone wanted to really uh, place a lot of importance, and it deserves a lot of uh, scrutiny, is the defensive coordinator position, Jim O'Neill. Yeah. Was sort of a surprising name. It's somebody I didn't really expect, uh, somebody who didn't really have a lot of success in 2015 with the Cleveland Browns, except for when they played the 49ers. Right. And somehow they knew exactly what was happening, and exactly maybe that impressed uh, the 49ers brass a little bit, and they said, hey, this guy... Uh, knew exactly what we were doing all game long, so maybe we should bring him in. Sure, and you know it's probably similar to Chip Kelly too, because I know he had a great 2014 season, if I if I'm not mistaken, there um, with with Cleveland, and he just kind of went downhill, sort of like what Chip Kelly did yes. with Philadelphia a season ago. And uh, he's known as a defensive backs coach, and his his DBs have played at a very high level for a long time, dating back to the Jets. But he's also been with Pet with uh, Mike Pettin the whole time. So this mm-hmm. is his first NFL gig without Pettin as a defensive Ooh. coordinator. So that will be interesting. I really like the Hardy Nickerson addition there as inside linebackers yes, coach. Yes, I like I, that a lot. I, oh, yeah. I just remember I was a big fan of his during his playing days. Hardy Nickerson. <laughs> Jason Tarver stays on as outside linebackers coach. Mm-hmm. An interesting offensive coordinator, Curtis Modkins, who comes over from the Lions. He got a lot of credit. I mean, the Lions didn't run the ball all that well, and that's his – Specialty, but when uh, they had the shakeup last season, and Jim Bob Cooter, 
who unfortunately wasn't available just because he would <laughs> be a great name sure. to say on the show. Uh, Curtis Modkins was his guy and kind of took over the run game, and things did improve. So, um, Yeah, I, I know that uh, you know, Reggie Bush, uh, we, we make fun of him a lot on this show, but he's had a, a pretty solid career, and I know that he was a really big fan of his as well during his Detroit days. So Curtis Modkins is doing the offensive coordinating, and they brought in, uh, let's see, who's the wide receivers coach? Bob McNell, keeping Tom Rathman. He had great things Chip Kelly did to say about Tom Rathman. So he's Tom Rathman might just be in San Francisco forever. Yeah, I think I'm you're going to lose some some faithful fans there if you ever do fire Tom Rathman. You know, and you he's not trying to go get another job and, and, and climb the ladder either. It's going to be an interesting group of coordinators. Actually, a, a big one is Jerry Azanaro, who came over from Philly, and he got a ton of praise for his work with the defensive line in Philadelphia. So I'm kind of excited to see him work in. Uh, I mean, that's going to be big. We 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 need yeah. to get that pass rush working. We got to stop the run first. And of one of the things that Jim O'Neill's supposedly he 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 ran a scheme where 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 people were guessing, like the linebackers had to guess what the defensive line were going to do, and that the line had to guess what the offense was doing, and and it's sort of it sounds like an. I don't know. It sounds like too much thinking for some of these knuckleheads on defense. I don't know. I think they should just be able to know where they're going, see the ball, go run, and hit somebody. Yeah, you know, we'll get to defensive stats and, and everything that the 49ers need in a little bit. We'll do a little recap. Uh, but before we get off of coaches, uh, Ryan Day, quarterback's coach, I mean, this is a big deal. And is it going to be Kaepernick? Is it going to be Gabbard? I mean, this is something that I'm sure was one of the main topics that they spoke with during hiring of, of head coaches, you know, like, oh, what do you plan to do? What do you want to do with this guy? What do you think you could do with that guy? You know, I'm sure that that weighed heavily on the decision made by my York and Belke. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the quarterbacks because this episode is sort of all about quarterbacks. We're going to look back at what happened with the quarterbacks in 2015 for the 49ers. Look ahead. Look at some free agents. Look at some draft prospects. One of those things. Well, actually, let's let's go back. Let's start with what Chip Kelly had to say about the position. Obviously, Cap is an extremely talented football player. So. Um, and you need to have a good you need to have a good quarterback to win. But I was also impressed in the in the in the film that I watched in terms of how Blaine played this year also. So um, I think statistics will bear out. You probably need two quarterbacks in this league um, with the injury rate that quarterbacks have. So I think both of those players are made this an attractive situation. And now before we go any further with Kaepernick, uh, the reporter asked specifically about Cap and Chip turned around and brought up Blaine Gabbert. Yesterday, which is something you are not quite aware of yet, I don't think, is that Cap, there was reports that he requested a trade out of San Francisco and specifically would like to be traded to the New York Jets. And Whoa! That, so, yeah, you are uh, in your own little world over there with cardboard <laughs> yeah, boxes. Out. Yeah, so big news there. And so I'm interested Cap to hear how you... <laughs> I'm interested to see how you feel about that, about that little tidbit of news. And actually, to, to back that up today... Jason Lockenfora said that the bottom line is, this is with a tweet, bottom line with Kaepernick, Jets have not and are not interested. Colin has wanted out for quite some time in this impending divorce. Yeah, you know, I'm not that surprised. I would be very surprised if Kaepernick is a 49er next season, just based on what he's due. Money-wise, the the numbers are so similar to what Gabbert has done, and he's you know going to make so much less money. Not to mention, there are some some good names out there on the quarterback market. I mean, you mentioned the possible trade to the Jets there. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's a guy you could bring in, and I could see him running Chip Kelly's offense, no problem. He's a super accurate passer, and he throws a good deep ball. And also, he likes to run. Wow, now I just sold myself. I think they should go get <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. Just bring trade him in. quarterbacks with but, uh, the Jets, huh? Is that how you feel? 
Yeah, why not, man? Let's just do a swap. Oh, he's a free agent, though, so who knows? <laughs> I'd love yeah. to see Kaepernick back with the 49ers, of course. I mean, you know, you just think back to his days when he first started, you know, and how well he did in the playoffs and then how well he did the next two seasons. And, you know, you have fond memories. My daughter has a number seven jersey, you know. it's it, My heart says I want him there, but my brain says he, he's not coming back. And it's it's interesting because the, the 49ers don't have to cut him and they might not be able to cut him with with some of the injury stuff that's happening. Right. But it, it was seeming inevitable that there was no way he was going to get cut. Period. Because they can afford his cap number, yeah, and they no can doubt. see what he does under Chip. And at the same time, they can trade him. Any team that's trading for him is trading for his cap number too. So mm-hmm. there's really the the April first thing really doesn't matter at all. I, I think right. it has no bearing because I think the one thing that will not happen is that he gets cut. So then you look at, okay, if he doesn't get cut, is he going to stay or is he going to get traded? None of that matters with with April 1st. So he's going to get paid his salary for 2016. And Mm -hmm. the question is whether it's going to be with the 49ers or not. And it's sounding more and more like it's not. And uh, this Lock and Forward report says the Jets are not interested. But as we know with reports, you can almost flip anything on its head and know that it isn't happened. You know, because there's reports now that um, from out of Caps camp that – None of this happened anyway, so who really knows? But it was obvious that there was going to be trade talks with Colin Kaepernick in the offseason. Jets are one of those teams that could use a quarterback. Cleveland Browns is one of those teams that could use a quarterback. Uh, Hugh Jackson was already reportedly high on Kaepernick in the past, and there was there was a lot of smoke there with those two guys. And uh, Houston Texans need a quarterback, so there's teams that need a quarterback. And uh, just it remains to be seen, and it, it's going to be interesting to watch this whole quarterback thing play out this offseason. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the Houston Texans. That, to me, makes the most sense just because, I mean, we're talking about a playoff team here who went there with their, like, third or fourth starting quarterback on the season. So, you know, you have such an amazing defense there. Uh, If they could get anything from Arian Foster next year, they've got DeAndre Hopkins, a guy who's quickly becoming, you know, one of the best wide receivers in all of football. You, You add a playmaker like Cap, oh, man, that might push you to the next level. The question is, is he the right kind of guy for Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's kind of been more the pocket passer type. Everybody he's brought in has been that style of quarterback. So that'll be interesting if that fits. But otherwise, that makes a ton of sense. Um, I hope they don't go after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, yeah. Hey, they could. That's another possibility. (laughs) And then he won't come to Red Gold. He won't be your guy. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Fitzpatrick, to me, is just more... He's just in the Gabbert zone, you know? Yeah. We, we don't need two Gabberts. We need Gabbert and another guy that's going to eventually take over for him. That's the mm-hmm. way I look at it. So, And the free agent market, just big-time quarterbacks don't show up there. Um, yeah, Kirk Cousins is out there, too, but I don't see Washington letting him go. No, yeah, he'll sign for sure. In what, they, they'd be insane to let him go, but that would be an interesting name if he somehow was available. Right. Let's go back a little bit. So we've got Chip Kelly and mm-hmm. for sure Blaine Gabbert. And we don't know if we have Colin Kaepernick or not going into the 2016 season, but that means there's one legitimate quarterback that's a certainty to be under contract, and he's only on con- under contract for one more season. Right. So obviously somebody is going to be brought in, and they could bring in a veteran. If Cap goes, then they do probably have to bring in another veteran just to make sure they have two veteran quarterbacks that can run an offense over the course of the 2016 season, but they're definitely going to draft somebody. And the question is, how high is that person going to be drafted? Yeah, I think it depends, like you said, on on how much they spend on bringing in this other quarterback. You know, if they do bring in a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, maybe you do wait a few rounds 
and, and take somebody. But if you can get, you know, another mid-level guy out there, I mean, you know, just throwing out some names like a Ryan Mallett or something, you know, someone who has some experience and that would be more of a stopgap, kind of like Blaine Gabbert is in, in your eyes. Not not necessarily in mine. I still think that Blaine Gabbert could be a franchise quarterback. You know, he showed glimpses of it. And if he goes in, you know, and, and shows some confidence and and really just gets Chip Kelly's system. I mean, let's remember what Chip Kelly did to a couple guys like Mark Sanchez and Nick Foles. I mean, he made these guys look like pro bowlers. He made them look like NFL MVPs. And if Blaine Gabbert, who is reportedly a study rat, I mean, if he can get in there and really learn this system and know what's happening, oh, man, the sky's the limit for a guy like that. Yeah, I think Gabbert really fits what Chip Kelly wants to do. I think the quarterback running aspect of it is really overblown. What you're, I mean, if you want to get into his offensive scheme a little bit, the quarterback with uh, that zone read is more like you got to think of it more as an extra blocker. Mm-hmm. They want that quarterback to take up an extra defender so that defender can't crash against the run. Traditional handoff, it's ten offensive players because the quarterback's out of it against eleven defensive players, right? So they want to make one of those defenders shadow the quarterback. So you've t- essentially taken him out of the play because they want to hand the ball off. They don't want the quarterback to run. The only time you run is when that defender gives up his responsibilities and then you have a free shot. And Gabbard is plenty act- or plenty athletic enough to go take a five-yard chunk from a play where there's no defensive end out there. I mean, Gabbard yeah, rushed for 185 yards last season. You know, He definitely has shown that that he can get out of the pocket yeah. and be a little elusive when yeah. he does so, too. That was, I was actually a little surprised about how athletic he was when he finally Same, got some playing yeah. time. You didn't see that a whole lot in Jacksonville. He never really had the time. Yeah, he was running backwards. Yeah, <laughs> run, and run and fall. Run and fall. And there's a lot of prospects as well that, that fit that mold that are plenty uh, athletic enough to, uh, to do that. I think might have been part of why Chip Kelly ran into trouble last year because Bradford is just you know a couple of ACL injuries and just a statue back there. And yeah, that didn't make sense to me. Foles and Sanchez were more like Gabbert, where they they could get out there and run and do a little something. And that's and look, he, I think he would love it if the quarterback didn't run at all ever. Yeah, but there's just you course. have to take it when they give it to you, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Chip Kelly. We're talking about his system. We, you know, we, he's from Oregon. He likes these really athletic, accurate passers. I mean, should should we talk a little bit about Vernon Adams? I mean, are, are we to that part of the show yet? That's later in the show, but his name obviously <laughs> has to come up with the 49ers at some point because it just makes too much sense. And he's not going to cost a ton. Right. In draft capital. I mean, he's going to be a late-round pick. He's 5'11", small hands. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to go... In the late rounds of the draft, oh, even yeah, though we can't even have after his, hand, man. Alex Smith, <laughs> come on. Even after the uh, the big Shrine game he had, yeah, he's he's not going to be a high draft pick. Oh yeah, no, but that that's the kind of thing you bring in another veteran to to help out Gabbert, and then you spend a, a later round draft pick on a guy like like Vernon Adams. I mean, Russell Wilson is the perfect example of a small guy that doesn't fit the mold that that just gets it, and and, and maybe Adams is that type of guy. Right, absolutely. And Adams wouldn't even be a third-round pick. He'd be more like a sixth- or seventh-round pick, probably, just right. because he's so undersized and he doesn't fit the mold. But, you know, a guy that knows the system, a guy that can help other people uh, learn a little bit, he knows, I mean, the college version of that system, uh, Chip Kelly's pro system has been a little bit different. He's run more power runs, a little bit more traditional, actually, uh, less quarterback-involved running. And um, so it's going to be interesting and and how much more it changes because – Chip himself said at his press conference that 
you know, his defense in college looked a lot different than the one it did in Philly. And Philly year one looked a lot different than Philly in year three. So, And a lot of those offensive coaches are going to have their say as well. It's going to be really interesting. And uh, I'm excited about that. So we, we you have those numbers, right? The uh, 49ers quarterback numbers from 2015? Oh yeah, I've got I've got all the stats here ready to roll. All right, well let's get into that. Let's look back first before we look forward and and see exactly what these guys did last year. All right, so you know obviously Kaepernick started the season. He he finished with one thousand six hundred and fifteen passing yards, thirty fourth in the NFL. Gabbert, two thousand thirty one, thirtieth. But those numbers are a little bit deceiving because if you look at the yards per game, Gabbert two fifty four, Kaepernick. 179. So there's definitely a big discrepancy there. Um, also, when you look at their quarterback ratings, I mean, Gabbert 86.2, Kaepernick 78.5. I mean, any anywhere around 80 is a B, and there's, you know, that that's pretty that's pretty solid in my book. Um, both threw more touchdowns than interceptions, but altogether, no, nothing was impressive. Like overall, as a passing unit for the 49ers, 3,316 yards. That's 29th in the NFL, ahead of only KC, Minnesota, and St. Louis. And, and if we're just talking about total yards here, just real quick, this this made me laugh. The total yards for the 49ers all season, 4,860, 31st in the NFL, ahead of only St. Louis. Drew Brees passed for 4,870 yards, 10 more yards, than, than the entire 49ers offense. offense. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's pretty unbelievable right there. Yeah, rushing uh, 1,544 yards, not too bad for the 49ers, 21st in the NFL, which, again, I don't think is so bad because, you know, Hyde went down, and then and then Drone came in, and then Dewan Harris, and Mike Davis went down, and Reggie Bush went down, and Kendall Gaskins. I mean, just the names that I'm, that I'm running off here, no one excites you at all, except for, obviously, Carlos Hyde. Right, yeah, Carlos Hyde is is a stud if the guy can stay healthy, and he actually really fits Chip's scheme well. He ran some zone read stuff in college, and um, and when you saw that first game against Minnesota Vikings at home, when the mm-hmm. 49ers were wearing their all blacks, he went crazy with those outside zone runs, and that's yeah. we're going to see a lot of those. It's going to be inside zone, outside zone. Um, in college, there was a lot of counters and draws. There's might be a, f- a little bit more of a, a power element to the to the game here in with the 49ers under Chip Kelly, but. A lot of those inside and outside zone runs, man, that's that's going to be a staple of the offense. Yeah, and like you said, with Hyde, I mean, he, he finally got his chance to run the show and, and couldn't stay healthy. But, you know, health is such a toss-up. It's such a coin flip. You know, who, who really knows who's going to get injured, how serious it's going to be, this and that. He, he had three touchdowns. The 49ers as a whole only had seven rushing touchdowns, which was really, really bad. It was uh, 30th in the NFL. Frank Gore? Had six rushing touchdowns with Indianapolis. Just wanted to throw that up. Jameis Winston also had six rushing touchdowns. I think you can just say everything about the 49ers offense in 2015 was probably below league average, very near the bottom. Is that safe to say? No, that is. I wouldn't even say below league average. I would say it's all towards the bottom. I mean, you even start looking at the receiving. I mean, Anquan Bolden led the receiving with 789 yards, you know, four touchdowns. Torrey Smith. 663 yards and four touchdowns. Was that contract worth it? I mean, when you look at a Chip Kelly system, though, that's when you start getting excited about it, getting excited about a guy like like Torrey Smith and even Quentin Patton. You know, maybe they they can figure out what to do with Bruce Ellington. You know, I, but before we get too far away from Anquan Bolden, do you see him coming back next year? I I do. 
because I'd love it. I don't know how many rosters have a wide receiver one open. Uh huh. For him to to uproot and go somewhere else, how many teams are going to be like, hey, we want you to be our number one wide receiver? And the 49ers can offer that. They can offer that under Chip Kelly, and I think he's a great fit for what Chip Kelly likes to do. He likes to have the big, strong wide receivers on the outside. He can even go into the slot and run that big slot thing that Chip Kelly likes to run as well. And um, with we might actually get to see some of that value from Torrey Smith, you know, because they're a good combo. We saw them as a great combo in Baltimore. And I think that's something to be really excited about in San Francisco in 2016. I'm pumped for that. So I I hope he's back. He needs to be there to help develop whoever they draft because they need bodies. They need, they're going to run a ton more plays. They're going to need more Mm -hmm. bodies at the wide receiver position and they need a future number one. And they're going to have to draft that player. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not Quentin Patton. It's not Bruce Ellington. You know, I, I don't think it's DeAndre Smelter. Before we get off of the offense real quick, the points per game is so pathetic. 14.9 points per game. Last in the NFL. Easily last. This, the 31st was Dallas with 17.2. Almost two and a half points more per game. That's just under 15 points a game. Are you kidding me? At least Kelly's offense ranked 13 in the league last year. Yeah, and, that's great. And, I mean, that's down from being third and fourth ranked the first two years in Philly. And, you come in uh, with a, a next-to-last or last-ranked offense. That looks beautiful. Right. And um, the, the only problem is Kelly's defense is all three years. They were 29, uh, 28, and 30th in yards. In points, it was better. He was They were 17th-ranked uh, in points in 2013, but also progressively got worse, 22nd-ranked and 28th-ranked. Even it's, if the defense is as bad as it was, it'll still be just as bad as the 49ers this past year, right? Yeah, 49ers in yards, 29th on defense, passing 27th, rushing 29th points, 18th. You know, they they gave up 24.2 points per game, which is, you know, right in the middle there. It's still not great. The the worst part about it for me, for the 49ers defense, was takeaways. They only had 12 takeaways a year ago. 31st. Only Dallas was worth with 11. Just to put that into perspective, 12 takeaways. Carolina. Number one, 39 takeaways. Over three times as many takeaways. And just to show you how important takeaways are in the NFL, Carolina, number one. Arizona, number two. Pittsburgh, number three. Jets, number four. Only team in this list not to make the playoffs. KC, five. Cincinnati, six. Denver, seven. I mean, six of the top seven, all, all playoff teams. You got you to gotta get the ball. You got to take the ball away from the other team. Or yeah. you're not going to win football games. You got to get off the field. That was one of the things Kelly said when he talked yeah. about. Actually, let's just go to Chip Kelly. He had something interesting to say about time of possession. We get into the time of possession question, and we've been in games where it was identical play snaps for us and our opponent. It was identical yardage for us and our opponent. It was identical first downs for us and our opponent. We won the game by seven, but they had the balls for ten more minutes than we did. You know, so all that I learned is that they stand around better than we stand around. You know, <laughs> um, it still plays run. Um, you know, I've also never met a defensive player that says, you know, coach, I want you to possess the ball for the entire game so I don't have to play. You know, I, I want guys that, that on the defensive side of the football at the San Francisco 49ers can't wait to get on the field and embrace the opportunity to get out there and play. And, and when you have a bunch of guys like that, it, it doesn't matter. There are going to be weeks when we're going to win games 7-6, and there are going to be weeks when you win games 57-56. Uh, it takes a full team. Uh, this league is built on parity. 55% of the games are decided by seven points or less. 24% of the games are decided by three points or less. So you better be good in all three phases of the game if you expect to be successful in this league. So a long clip there, but I love how he just 
He knows what the heck he's talking about. He does. And he does. And, and when he talks, I smile. Like, I'm just like, yeah, that's our coach. Right. You're that's like, yeah, that's probably, that's probably the smartest guy in the room when he's done yeah. talking and give, done giving his answer. And you never felt that way about Jim Tomsula. No, and, no. I mean, these are polar opposites here. And, oh, man, he, this is very exciting going forward. He's right. It doesn't matter how fast no. the offense runs. The defense still needs to get off the field and get the ball back to the offense. That's right. I, I totally agree job. with what he's saying with that. And, you know, overall, when you start looking at, at statistics, time of possession, overall yards and stuff, he's right. You just got to outscore your opponent. You don't have to rank anywhere in the league. And so when you run a scheme that's a little bit different, you're going to run more plays. It's going to skew what the stats look like. But the bottom line is that's the only stat that matters. It is. It so, is. Wins and losses is the number one st- stat that matters. The number two is points. I mean, other than that, you know, yardage, giveaway and, you know, giveaways, takeaways. They're, they're somewhat irrelevant. You just need to score more points than your yeah. opponents. It's, and those are all part simple. of the why you score more points. The, the, the 49ers only had 12 takeaways, but they only had 17 giveaways, you know, which was by far towards the very bottom of the league. So they were minus five overall. I mean, which is, you know, you're not too upset with something like that. But, it, it, oh, man. Sorry, I, I get I get so excited when I just start <laughs> thinking about Chip Kelly and that potent offense and what we had to deal with last season with just the super conservative play after play after. I would harp about it every single week. I would get worked up. I would get so mad, and it's it's like my my prayers have been answered. It was painfully obvious midway through last season, or even before that, that there was no answers for any of the questions we had about what was going on with the team, yeah. and that was the biggest bummer. And hearing Chip's answers to questions really gets me excited. More than anything, even if it doesn't turn out to be that great of a season and he doesn't turn out to be that great of a coach, he's doing certain things for a reason. He knows what he's doing. He knows why he's doing it. And that gives me a little bit of faith. And hey, if the 49ers can uh, can pull off on offense what Chip's worst offense did in his three <laughs> years, they'll be in a hell of a lot better shape. Yeah, I, I really like the sound of that. Plus, I like the sound of uh, when asked about Jared Haynt, he mentioned, oh, I'm excited to get my hands on him. Like, that's what we want to hear. Yeah, we don't want to hear, oh, I don't know, we'll wait and see. And Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Jared Hayne on Twitter uh, this week said uh, that there was an article about him, and he said, there's no promise of tomorrow. I'll focus on today and do my best for tomorrow. His little article on on uh, what things look like for him in 2016. He's still pumped. He's still all bought in on playing football, which is really cool. So I hope he gets a chance to see the field, and I think Chip might have a little a couple of wrinkles up his sleeve for him. Yeah, oh, I, I could not agree more. I'm really excited to see. Uh, what he does with a year under his belt, you know, I hope I hope he's studying in the offseason. I hope Chip Kelly's already sent out his playbook and these guys are, are reading it. Or I, I don't know how the rules go with that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know what the rules are on that. If you can start installing an offense, I assume they can players can yeah, have. Sure. A, Just, you know, maybe a, you can't get together and talk about it. But yeah, yeah. You should be able hey. to read a playbook on your own, I would assume. Yeah, he just, you know, they send out a bunch of those surface tablets with it on there. Right, exactly. Uh, it with uh, A quick point on Jared Hayne. I mean, he was the best returner they had last year, and I don't know why they stopped putting him in there when he was active. Yeah, I mean, it he, was the turnovers and, and the muffs, but, I mean, that that kind of thing, you know, the, the guy was exciting. He 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 averaged nine and a half yards on a punt return, had a 37-yarder. That was by far the the best Bruce Ellington was out there he averaged seven point four yards but his long gone the season was seventeen yards like there was just no chance of him ever breaking one whereas I felt every time Hayne touched the ball it was exciting yeah he was getting positive chunk yardage and yeah look he muffed he came over from playing rugby in Australia he dropped one punt yeah and he and got another got one knocked out from behind which is yeah. something you see sometimes I mean those those turnovers weren't even a big deal it's not like he was sitting there fumbling all the time and handing the ball over to the other team. 
He got a few chances. He screwed one up. Another one just happens that way. You get a ball knocked out from behind. He was making a play. He was already 15 yards down the field when he got the ball knocked out. You know, yeah, you're exactly right. And then they bring in guys like Dewan Harris and and Tavares Cadet and give Hayne a chance. What the hell are you doing? Right, I totally agree. But this is this episode is about quarterbacks, so let's get back to that. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's get back. Yeah, don't to get the me don't get me on that Hayne train again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are there any other names in free agency that you see besides uh, Fitzpatrick that you think might be able to come in and, and give a little something to the 49ers? You know, obviously I mentioned Kirk Cousins. I mean, that that's a log shot, I know. Uh, but he he's a guy that, that I'd be very interested in as well. Uh, other than that, I don't really see anyone. Do you? No, not, no, not really. And that's kind of the thing is that, and especially at the quarterback position, I mean, you, you can bring in a guy who's like a Fitzpatrick or a guy who failed elsewhere and comes in, and um, I think a guy like RG3 is going to become a free agent when, once he finally gets cut here. And uh, Johnny Manziel, obviously, I don't want him anywhere near San Francisco. Yeah, the or same. Santa Clara I mean, you know, anywhere you could, you could start throwing out Sam Bradford's name. I mean, you know, I, I don't want anything right. to do with that. No. Broncos aren't going to let Osweiler go. I mean, there's, I don't think there's a whole lot out there. Exactly. So it comes down to the draft, and that's where you build yeah. your team. And it's a huge year for the 49ers, not only having a new coach, but they're going to start, they're going to have to develop a new quarterback. And I think they're going to, and especially with cap, is this going to be? Let's go back to cap for a second. It's going to be really interesting because if if there's no trade that happens um, anytime soon, like after you know when the new year league starts or anything, and if he's still on the roster after April, right. there's a huge draft impact there because if you don't trade cap before draft day. It's harder to see the 49ers taking a first round quarterback. I don't think they can. Yeah. And but they might have they might still have something up their sleeves with the trade, but here's the other thing. If they do trade him say to the Browns who are picking in front of the 49ers, now uh. the Browns are less likely to draft a first round quarterback. So if right. anything, you're helping yourself get a better quarterback in the draft if you trade cap to the Browns, not only are you getting a draft pick back, right? That, I mean that makes perfect sense on paper. You know, so maybe that's why I'm rooting. Sell that, I'm rooting for cap to the Browns all day, just for that. <laughs> of course, no doubt. And then also, there's other teams that that are picking behind the 49ers. Going to be more difficult for those teams uh, to to pick up a big quarterback in the draft. Someone that that you think is legit. There's there's three guys right now that are players that you would assume have a very good chance of being starting quarterbacks in the NFL in this draft. And uh, some of the teams that aren't in the top ten are going to have a tough time. Acquiring one of those guys, unless they trade up, or unless they trade for someone like Cap, who's still got so, some, some Brian, potential. For those of us that aren't as draft savvy and college competent as you are, who would those three gentlemen be? Uh, so those three guys are Jared Goff. Everybody listening to the show probably knows a lot about Goff. Probably knows too much about Goff. I, I, <laughs> it's almost he. It's almost unfair if he was to come to the 49ers, right. how much pressure he would have just being the local boy, being the guy who wears number sixteen because Joe Montana wore number sixteen. Which, right. Well, and just coming out of Cal, being a top pick like right. that, I mean, local quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. How is he? He's too young to have watched Joe Montana. Am I right. wrong about that? Oh yeah, because I watched Joe Montana, and I was super young when I watched him. Like maybe he just saw film from him. Or yeah, Joe Montana was pretty much ready to retire by the time he's old enough to remember watching right. him play. Right. Had right. to be. So, um, and he definitely doesn't remember any 84 football. I don't even remember any 84 football. <laughs> I'm thinking that there was a lot of like dad influence yeah, there. Exactly. Exactly. But um, so Jared Goff, let's get into it. Jared Goff's my number one quarterback. So let's start with him. Uh, just from a strength and weakness standpoint, he makes, he can make all the throws. Uh, great anticipation. He's got total control of the bear raid offense, which is a, a spread offense. He fits passes into tight windows, great feet in the pocket. Great pocket awareness. 
Uh, he got hit a ton. Teams knew that he was their guy, and they came after him, and he always hung in there. He made good throws, got a great release. He's a film junkie, uh, so good against that pressure. When teams brought pressure, he knew where to go. He knew where to dump the ball off, or he knew where to hurt you because he knew where the, the pressure was coming from. So both pre- and post-snap reads was really strong with him. Uh, a few weaknesses, though. Nobody's perfect. Uh, slim frame. He's he's about 6'4", but he, he's pretty skinny. Aaron Rodgers got, got deemed for his size. I mean, and he's not like you don't look at Aaron Rodgers and be like, oh, he, look, he's so small. Yeah, he's a good, he's fine sized quarterback, right? But he was only six two, <laughs> and we're like, oh, you got to be six five or you can't be a quarterback, which is ridiculous. The average size of Hall of Fame quarterbacks is like six two or just under six two. Right. So it's it's insane when when and, and, and you're going to see it every single year, and you're going to see it this year. It's so much easier to scout height, weight, speed. Yeah, and they're tangible things, and you can go to bed and get some sleep at night knowing that you made a decision based on these things that you know are facts. Right. And it's and and with quarterbacks especially it's where all the mistakes are made because it's so hard it's so much harder to scout the other things. And they're there. They're still tangible, you know. You can see accuracy. You can see leadership in a way, you know. They're not complete intangibles, but they're they're just harder to see and w- when teams make mistakes, it's always that big guy Huge arm, huge athleticism. You know, it's it's this wow factor stuff that really, when it comes down to it, think about all the great quarterbacks. Uh, what what makes them great? It's never like, oh, that guy had the strongest arm. It's not like a fastball. It's not like a hundred mile per hour fastball is better than a ninety five mile per hour fastball, right? Right. Can you make the throws? Yeah, Peyton Manning's never had a super strong arm. No, and it's gotten worse, and he's in the Super Bowl yeah. right now. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's my rant for that. So, whenever you see a bust quarterback in the first round, it's almost always because. Yeah, big, strong, fast. So what? Right. So I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> hold on. I'm not. There's still some weaknesses though with with Jared Goff. Oh, all so, right, all right. He didn't work in a pro style offense. He worked in the, in the Bear Raid offense, which is similar to the old Texas Tech thing with Mike Leach. And yep. um, but what he did do is he ran a lot of zone read stuff, which is which I think is a great fit for Chip Kelly. And they did a zone read situation where where it was more of a pass option, doing the play fake to the running back, and his eyes wouldn't be on the the edge defender on the defensive line. He'd be looking at the safety, ah. and he'd be looking downfield at coverage, and then he'd either hand the ball off or he'd pull back and throw. And it was a really cool wrinkle, and and I know Chip Kelly's run some stuff like that too. So that'd be really interesting, um, just from a from a heady standpoint. Jared Goff has it, and that's what really excites me about him. Plus his ability to make these beautiful throws down the field. He will tend to fade away at times when when he gets a lot of pressure, which which isn't ideal. Um, like back you'll, foot throwing. Yeah, the back foot throws. I mean, mm-hmm. he got he got, he got pressured a lot, so uh, maybe just a bad habit. I think that's totally something that he can fix. Win loss record wasn't great until this last year. He didn't have a winning record, but he did take a team that was one and eleven his first year, and they were a bull team this year. Right. And then uh, he did have a few struggles through some picks, especially in that Utah game. Struggled against some better defenses. Pac twelve. I don't think gets as much credit as it deserves for being a really good conference. Um, Agreed. I think that the Cal was really not that good of a football team, but they, I think they played over their heads, and part of it is because Goff, and they put it all on Goff's shoulders. In, in. Yeah, they, they were ranked early on in the season, too. Yeah, they, were, they, they went out 5-0, and oh, and then they kind of yeah. struggled a little bit. Jared Goff, I think he's a top-10 pick, and I would totally be stoked if the 49ers drafted him number 7, and there's a chance that he doesn't even get to number 7. And there's a chance that... He gets he falls down because because he's kind of skinny and the other two guys I'm about to talk about are not as skinny and not as uh, I mean they're just prototype Carson Wentz yeah. is the big one he he's he's on the rise and and he deserves it man he's big he's like six six two hundred and he he's 
he's borderline freakish like Cam Newton. I mean, he is he's a big dude, and he can run. Uh, he can't run quite as good as Cam Newton, but he's got a good arm, size, athleticism. Uh, he, he played at North Dakota State, which is not a powerhouse. Right. Uh, so he didn't play great competition, but he looked good at the Senior Bowl, proved he belonged there, and proved he was a better prospect than some other big college guys like um yeah, Kessler I mean, you know, USC. you talk about the colleges, and then you look at a guy like Roethlisberger or a guy like Joe Flacco, and right. you know they came from smaller schools. Exactly. And... So he'll get a lot of the, the Flacco comparisons. Blake Bortles yeah. is a guy I kind of compare him to. Yeah, there just you from go. From a size standpoint, I think he's got a better arm than Bortles. I didn't love Bortles. I like Wentz more than I like Bortles, and Bortles went number three overall. So, mm. um, as you can see, size size matters. Blake Bortles, right. you know, <laughs> that's big what they dude. say. I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Uh, so that's Car- Carson Wentz. It's going to be interesting to see how high he really goes. I think most mocks at this point have him going as the first quarterback, uh-huh. which we, and most of the, most of the time that's number two overall to the Browns. I think that's going to be a very common thing to see in these draft projections, which I have no problem with because I like Goff better. Um, but Just a, can I get pause real quick on this? Sure. Who who else is, would be taking a, a quarterback ahead of the 49ers? I mean, besides Cleveland, I think that the Dallas Cowboys are stupid if they don't. Yeah, personally, I think you're you going to see. Don't think they'll just go out and sign Manziel because I did hear a rumor that yeah. he was going to get cut. I mean, that makes yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Manziel's gone from Cleveland, but I don't know. You don't you don't put any stock into Manziel at this point. You don't you don't sign Manziel and you go, okay, we're done at quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean. So even if they do sign him, I think they still got to draft a guy. And Romo's at the end, right? Yeah. And if he is healthy next year, I don't know how long he's going to be healthy. But if he's healthy and the and the Cowboys have a good season, then they're not drafting high again. Then it's going to be that much harder to get a quarterback. You see where I'm going? Of course. So I think if you have you're, – you're, you're drafting in the top five and you're hoping you're not going to be drafting in the top five again anytime soon, there's a franchise quarterback staring you in the face. I think you're insane not to take that guy, let him sit a year behind Romo, two years behind Romo. So what do you think him. the probability is that the 49ers take the third quarterback? See, that's that's where it starts to get dicey. And I luckily there's three guys right now that look like they are are worthy of, of first round picks and even, you know, top fifteen picks maybe. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be the worst thing. And right. it also is a lot better for the 49ers knowing that there's likely only two teams that could take a quarterback in front of them and only one that's really likely to take one in front of them. Yeah. So they're in a great spot as far as that goes. But then you've got so many teams behind you that could trade up in front of you at any time. So of course. If you're the of 49ers there's and there's one if you're the 49ers there's one guy that you love and you think gosh this is the guy, you almost have to trade up to ensure that you get him. Uh-huh. And that's and it's, it probably sounds kind of crazy to some 49ers fans, but that's kind of the way this game is played and so that'll be really 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 interesting. I mean, this is going to be the offseason of the quarterback and there's going to be so many questions there. And it's going to be fun, man. And so yeah, I brought up that third guy. The third guy, Paxton Lynch from Memphis. Um mm-hmm. I think he's a dis- distant, a little more of a distant third to Goff and Wentz. Um, I would put Goff at one A and Wentz at one B, and Lynch at two, kind of thing. You know, I think there's, I think Wentz and Goff are a little bit closer than than Lynch. But another guy, he's huge. He's bigger than than Carson Wentz. He's like six seven, two forty, tons of athleticism. He gets a lot of comparisons to Ben Roethlisberger. I've even heard him compared to Colin Kaepernick, even though oh, he's my. a little bit uh, beefier than Cap is. Um, and not quite as fast. Uh, but again, played a little weaker competition. Memphis did not play a very good schedule. And uh, against tougher teams, he, he didn't play as well. I don't, he, I don't think he has near as much um, accuracy or pocket awareness or anticipation or any of those things that I talked about with Jared Goff earlier. But 
He's got a good arm. He's big. He's fast, and he's a lot to work with. He's a big ball of clay at this point, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he'd be my third guy. And those are the three first round prospects in this draft for quarterbacks. So let's say that the 49ers, you know, they they don't they only like two of those guys, and those both those guys are gone. Right. How long do you think that they wait after that? And do you have anyone in mind who they would possibly take later? Yeah, see, there there's just a big drop. I I don't think you would be drafting a guy after that where you're saying, okay, this is yeah. a franchise quarterback, but we took him in the second round or we took him in the third round. I think th- there's going to be some guys that were going in the second, third round range. There's Connor Cook. There's uh, Christian Hackenberg, who I don't mm-hmm. like at all, really. Connor Cook, not so much either. Um, let's see. There's uh, Brandon Dowdy. But I mean, we're starting to talk like fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth round draft oh, wow. picks now. You know? So it's a huge drop. So th- so there's a big drop. And there's some guy, I think Cook and Hackenberg, just, you know, they're they're pretty prototype, big, strong guys. They got pretty good arms. Um, they've been on the radar for a long time. They were, you know, high school recruits. So, and you see a lot of that. You see a lot of stuff resurfacing with big time high school recruits that mm-hmm. fit from a height, weight, speed perspective and then didn't right. do that much in college. And then you see their names start to resurface again. You're like, wait a second. These guys just proved for four years that they're not that good, right? But you know, <laughs> they so they're just like, old. yeah. So he was bigger than everybody else when he was 15 years old, and now right. he's getting drafted in the NFL based on that same projection. That drives <laughs> he me is crazy. still big, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a, Dak Prescott is a guy who can do a few things. Cardell Jones is a real X factor here because he's got a cannon and he's pretty yeah. athletic. Six five two fifty. He's listed. I mean, he's wow. he's a monster, but I mean he wasn't even the starter at Ohio State. He couldn't win that job. So uh, he's a, a total project and no clue where that guy goes. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. You get all the way down. I don't like Kevin Hogan at all. Sorry, Stanford fans. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I think at best he'll be he'll hold a clipboard for a little while. But, I mean, I, uh, I don't think he's anything to, to get worked up about. Mm-hmm. You have um, Cody Kessler from USC, Bakersfield kid. He's – Another guy, I, I like him barely more than Hogan, but not a lot. I don't think he's somebody who's ever going to become a starter. He can, you know, be a backup for a little while, hold the clipboard, and then you guys Ver- like any of these guys down here. I don't see. That's the thing is I don't. Yeah. I'm not excited about any of these guys as prospects, or you know, you just have to hope you you sign a guy or you draft a guy like Vernon Adams. You draft him in the seventh round if he's still yeah. there, and you say, no, I don't know. Let's develop him, see what happens. You know, who knows? You never know. Um, they're all just lottery tickets at this point, and and I, I don't see anybody where I'm like, oh man, this guy, you draft him in the mid round. I swear to God, he's going to be the next Tom Brady. He's going to be a starter somewhere, and I, I can't really say that confidently about any of these guys. I like Brandon Dowdy a little bit. Of most of the names I read, you know, if you're talking about someone you draft in the fifth round, but not somebody you want to take in the second or third round because you think he's going to become something. You know, you just have to wait and see and hopefully develop. But that's why it's those three guys and everybody else in this draft. And I think there might be some jockeying. For position at the top of the draft, and what I really hope is that Goff does get dinged for his for his size. You know, people think think he's just not quite uh, impressive enough physically. They go for right. a guy like Wentz, and then Goff is there at seven. I think that's ideal from a quarterback standpoint for the 49ers. Then have him learn behind Gabbert for a short time. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And you know, we're talking so much draft, and we talked you know about some free agents and stuff like that, but. Yeah, there's still so much undecided. You know that they, they can use the sour, uh, the franchise tag, and a lot of these guys could just not even become available. They could re-sign with their team. They've got, I think, until March uh, to do that. Plus, when it comes to the draft, I mean, there are so many question marks still. Just as a 49ers fan, like, is Anthony Davis coming back? He guaranteed it, but then you know you hear from Balky, and he's like, I don't know. I haven't heard from him. <laughs> yeah, I. That's still frustrating to me. I, I would almost 
bet that the the second he's reinstated and he's back on the team that they're calling teams about trading him away. Yeah, you think I, so? I huh? would not be surprised at all. I, I, I you can't. He, he uh, quit on his team. Ch- yeah, Chip Kelly strikes me as the type of guy who wants someone who's bought in, and I, uh-huh. that doesn't sound like the type of guy he would be like. All oh sweet, we got this guy back. Maybe he'll take another year off in two years. Who knows? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't see him being on board with that. Yeah, Especially, yeah, I, I got, and I'd like that. I, I would like that kind of coach, but yeah. but you we know, need a right tackle. From- and offensive line so bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I know what we came from. You know, yeah. Eric Pierce. Come on, I'll take I'll take somebody who quit during a game <laughs> if he's good. If he can hold down that right side. Yeah, let uh, Chris Borland come back and play offensive line. He can play, play some guard. <laughs> I'll take he's it, man. Got come good on, leverage. <laughs> so, uh, th- but before, did you hear the Jed York stuff? With uh, oh. Jed York was on Rich Eisen. Uh, leading up to Super Bowl week here, and he spoke on Cap too, and I'm, I'm sure you didn't get to hear all that stuff oh, because and I've been, been moving. This last week and a half, I'm out of it. So uh, Rich Eisen asked him, asked him about Cap, and this is before, I think this is the day before, two days before uh, some of this stuff came out with, with Cap saying he was demanding to be traded, but this is what York had to say about Cap. I'm, I'm not going to decide who the starting quarterback is. That's our coach and, and, and the staff. But I think the nice thing is, you know, we've got the third most salary cap room in the league, and everybody wants to make a big issue of, well, you need to make a decision on Colin, et cetera, et cetera. We want Colin to get back healthy as soon as possible. Uh, we want to make sure that he's able to take the field whenever he's available. And you know, we've all seen what Colin can do, you know, taking us to Super Bowl and NFC Championship game the year after. You know, he's he's had a great career here. Um, obviously, last year wasn't a great year for any of us in red and gold. And, and I think Chip is going to be a great addition, not just for Cap, but for, for the rest of the team. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And he didn't stop there. He talked a little bit more about Cap later. I've always had a very, very high opinion of Cap. I think Cap's, you know, a great kid. He's done a lot of great things for us. And again, this is a fresh start for everybody. You know, Chip has done a great job offensively wherever he's been. And I think you articulate a lot of things that, that we and others have seen, whether it's Colin, whether it's anybody else. You know, I mean, Chip's going to know what to do with a quarterback. And, you know, again, Colin needs to get back healthy and, you know, come in and, and be ready to compete. And, and we'll see where we go. <laughs> so that's Jed. I mean, some some serious coach speak there. He, he didn't want to, yeah. you know, say one thing or the other or say anything definitive. But uh, the fresh start thing is one of the themes for this season. I mean, I think Jed's getting a fresh start. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. And, you know, the, the first thing he said there made, made me laugh because he said, I'm not going to decide who the starting quarterback is. And I was waiting for him to say again, like I did <laughs> last year. But he didn't say that. Yeah, so I, there's a lot of redemption. Uh, Cap, yeah. uh, there's with Jed and Trent, Chip Kelly. Sure. Um, and I, it, it, there's there's sort of it would be a really cool storyline if Cap did stay and all these guys kind of have chips on their shoulders, no pun intended, and they were able to <laughs> come together, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden this this whole thing got turned around with a bunch of guys who kind of screwed up in the very recent past. And, and there was some redemption there. But uh, it doesn't sound like Cap. And I'm not all that surprised. He's, he probably feels a little bit burned and he doesn't want to be a part of that so and that that's what the reports say and and who knows because it didn't come from his mouth it'll be interesting to see if he speaks on the issue anytime soon and jed said it they can they can absorb caps cap number right a lot of caps and a lot of chips in in this uh <laughs> in this off season so you're handling it well though, yeah I yeah I, i've got them straight the cap yeah. with this k cap with the c 
Chip is spelled right, the right. same way, but one's on a shoulder and one is has no neck. <laughs> Cap, I, I think Cap's probably gone at this point. If they could get a third round draft pick for Cap, I think that'd be. A I lot. hope we're wrong, but I think that'd yeah, be a lot. I'd I be surprised if they get I more than that. I don't see him coming back. But I didn't think they'd get two second rounders for Alex Smith. That's a good point. I mean, st- starting quarterbacks are in demand in the NFL. Alex Smith's a winner too. I mean, not not early on in his career, but he's shown at, you know last few years that he he can definitely get the job done with uh, with an offensive line that can protect him. Right, and a good defense. I mean, you read those yeah. those stats earlier. It wasn't it wasn't the Chiefs' offense that that led him. You know, he's <laughs> right. He's the quintessential game manager, and that's and when I say that, it's not a bad thing. A lot of people say game manager is if you're terrible. No, that's yeah. a great thing. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. so it, it definitely happens. Hey, be- before we get too far uh, along in this episode here, um, you know, we we started off we were really high on Bradley Pinion. In the preseason, we even created our own segment for him, Pinion Inside the Twenty. So I just want to re- re- recap his season. Oh yeah, for you. let's uh, let's let's hear it. So he did not do well in the average department, forty three point six, 29th in the NFL. Uh, compare that to Andy Lee because that's what we did all season. Forty six point seven, he was ninth in the NFL. Uh, the net, he did a little bit better, 39.4, 25th in the NFL, still not great. Lee, 40.1, 17th in the NFL, so Lee better in both of those categories. But his nickname came true to form. Bradley pinioned inside the 20. He did it 31 times. That was sixth best in the NFL. Andy Lee did it only 25 times, 17th best. Take all those numbers with a grain of salt because he, he did punt 91 times last year. That was the fourth most in the NFL. Andy Lee only punted 70 times. So, you know, he was out there a lot, so he definitely got a lot of experience. Uh, and I definitely see him sticking around for a little while. He kind of has to. You don't yeah. draft a punter in the fifth round and then right. let him go. I and give him one year. I mean, yeah. he's got a huge leg. He, you know, he kicked off and everything. <laughs> oh, opinion. There was so much hope there. I know. I know. I can't believe – I just don't understand that whole – idea they didn't need to save a few bucks to get rid of andy lee i mean if if pinion came in and was just booming the ball and was like oh my gosh this guy's going to be a really good punter okay it makes right. sense but why are you trying to get rid of a pro bowl punter for no reason and, and maybe and waste he did i mean you know he, he had a great college career maybe he just impressed during his pro day or, or at the combine i mean I mean, he must have. he's like look guys i am the next great punter <laughs> he and must he have and it. hey they're, add him to the list. I'm going to write his name in here. Redemption story. Chip, Jed, Trent, Cap, and Pinion, and Tory Smith. Yes, Tory Smith. Got just just utilize. Just throw him the ball. It wasn't yeah. so much the signing that was bad. It was the usage. Good call. How yeah. many catch? How many balls are you supposed to catch when they don't throw it to you? Yeah. How, how many ball? You're you're a deep threat, and they throw deep once a game. Yeah, they throw in the the two yard hitch pattern to him. That's not his strength. <laughs> That's Tory Smith's game. Hey. <laughs> So that yeah, I mean Chip is going to utilize everybody on the field. He's going to use utilize multiple tight ends, multiple running backs, um, and they need to have more depth at wide receiver, at running back, mm-hmm. at tight end. They need to figure Everywhere. out who the starter starting tight end is going to be, because I don't know if they have a starting tight end on the roster right now. I know Vance McDonald at times looked great, but then at other times like oh another drop. I'm Look so done that. with Vance McDonald. 
Yeah. Oh, look, his... oh, you tipped it into the other team's <laughs> hands. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, his hands are like on backwards or something. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's like he's had his chance to develop. He's he's not going to be that guy. I mean, you can tell when someone's had a chance. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about uh, Bruce Ellington. Uh-huh. There's just some um, there's some instincts that some guys don't possess, and they might be good athletes. They might show some flashes, but uh, those two guys. Not that I don't want them on the roster necessarily, but I'm not ho- I'm not holding out hope for those guys anymore to become something more than what they've already proven that they are, which is sure. you know, just backup, just guys. Yep, just guys to fill a spot that pr- they're they're pros, but not stars. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to the mailbag. Sounds good. Phenopla, one of our, uh, he's just always there on Twitter. He's always listening to the show. So shout out to him, first of all. Uh, and he says to us, I'm no longer ashamed to be a 49er fan. Hashtag Gold Faithful, hashtag Chip Kelly. Excited about 49ers head coach. Will the 49ers draft O line, defense, or look at QB if one's available at number seven? Uh, we talked a little bit about the quarterback stuff. When you start looking at pick number seven, I think the biggest reason why it's going to be a quarterback is because even if there was. I mean, even if the cap thing wasn't happening, and even if there was uh, some some doubt as to whether who is the best player, is it Jared Goff or is it the other player that's available at seven? I think that the best of the best guys will have been drafted already. Yeah. So you're not looking at just, you know, you're not looking at a, an offensive tackle that you're like, oh my gosh, this is the next great offensive tackle. Maybe we should take him because he's a better overall prospect at his position than than whoever quarterback is at this position. I think those type of guys will already be drafted by seven. So I think you're looking at a situation where quarterback is going to make mo- more sense if it's one of those, you know, if it's if it's Goff or if it's Wentz, they're going to make sense from a best player available standpoint and from a positional standpoint. Uh, I don't think Laquan Treadwell as a wide receiver is in that class as a wide receiver. Um, That'd be a stretch. At yeah. Seven. So you you might be looking at like a linebacker mm-hmm. and not a pass rushing linebacker, a middle linebacker, and as good as someone like Miles Jack or the injured. Um, Where's he at? Oh, yeah, he hurt himself in the bowl game. Yeah, yeah, and he's a stud. He, he might have been a guy you look at, but, I mean. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. He's a guy that you hope falls to the second round, and uh, then you pick him up there because of the ACL injury. Right. He's not someone that you draft in the top ten at this point, and I'm not sure Miles Jack is either. So then you're looking at a couple of offensive tackles that are really good. Laramie Tunsil is going to be gone for sure. He's going to go in the top three picks, if I had to guess. Sure. Bosa is going to be gone most likely. Uh, and it, I mean, it, there's so much time to go before the draft, too. But I'm just saying that those best of the best prospects are probably going to be taken before seven anyways. So you might be looking at the quarterback that's still the best player available anyways. Right. I mean, you, you say all that, then don't the 49ers have a ton of draft picks? I mean, is, is this the time they do. Uh, when they can they can trade up? Because it won't be that expensive because they, they've got that s- number seven pick. Yeah, it depends yeah. because even going from seven to, say, two or three uh-huh. or one, is a ton to give up. I mean, it's like exponentially every pick costs more and more and more. Of and course. If you went from seven to five, it might not cost much. And you might right. see them do that if they know there's a quarterback they really want because they could trade maybe a third rounder or a second rounder and get up there a few picks. But you start looking at five, six, seven picks and getting up toward one, two, three, they'll be asking for future first rounders. And I don't think Balky is the type that's going to do that. I hope he doesn't. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I like Balky's draft strategy for sure. I mean, he definitely hasn't hit on a lot of early round guys. Uh, but you know, I, I like I like how he works the draft. I do too. And it, more often than not, he's going to go down than go up. Yeah, but this exactly. might be a situation where that's what we've seen for sure. This might be a situation where he has to go up. And you know what? It'd be good to see what what he can do if he does do that. Because, like you said, most likely he's going to go down because that's what he's shown year after year. You're like, oh, trading down again. Oh, trading down again. 
okay, collecting more picks. Well, hopefully they've collected enough picks that they can now use them yeah, yeah. to move forward. They've, they've drafted players. They need to draft impacts now. Yeah, so I would yeah, have no exactly problem right. with going up a little bit, but I, I'm kind of like Balky, where you start talking about future first rounders, and yeah, that's kind of where the conversation ends. Right, uh, and you just don't know if you really knew, like Andrew Luck or somebody was sitting there, then you go for it because he was one of the best prospects I've ever seen. He was one of the most, no doubt. Okay, this guy's just has yeah. everything, and there was a reason. And and the Colts had Peyton Manning already, and people were throwing picks and draft picks and draft picks on top of them, and they wouldn't do it. So a team like the Redskins had to go to the next pick instead and and go for RG three. You know, but they obviously tried to go to one first, right, and give up all those picks. And I, how far back? Let me look that up because. They weren't that far back. They went up to pick number two. And um, when you know a team's desperate, too, I mean, you can definitely take advantage. Oh, yeah. Do you remember do, do you remember that game when the Rams played the Redskins and the Rams sent out at the beginning of the game to the coin flip all the players that they ended up drafting in return for those picks that they traded? I do remember that. Yeah, that, that was, was hilarious. Yeah, Michael Brockers, uh, Janoris Jenkins, Isaiah Pede, who I don't think was on the roster, so he wasn't in the middle of the field there. Um Roycavius Watkins, offensive lineman. That's not a name that I'm familiar with. I don't think no, he's I don't stuck around. Uh, Greg Robinson, Zach Stacy, Alec Ogletree is a big one. So Alec Ogletree and Greg Robinson and Michael Brockers. Those are and Janoris Jenkins. So they, they got four pretty good players there. Uh, some other players that aren't even with the team, and so they didn't really matter all that much. Three first round draft picks and a second. There it is. Three first rounders and a second to move up. How far? That's ridiculous. The sixth pick. Wow, really? Wow. So yeah, the oh, so that was the three picks. It was the okay. sixth overall and then the 23 first and a 2014 first. So you're talking Good. about two first rounders plus the number 7 pick for the 49ers to go up to pick 2. Wow, yeah, no way. That's insane, right? No way. So that's what you're looking at for moving up, but then if I mean it depends on the year, it's always different, but it, it, those things just get silly sometimes. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. But I think most people would agree, and I mean, there's still a long ways to go before the draft, but most people would agree that none of the prospects this year are at the level when when the 2012 draft happened that, that RG3 and Luck both were. Yeah. And most people are saying that they're not as good of prospects as Mariota and Winston were last year. So that's working in your favor if you're the 49ers that it's not an obvious there's right. a bunch of obvious teams in front of you that are looking at quarterbacks, and there's not an obvious, like, oh, these guys are 1-2 in the draft. Easy. That's good. And there's three guys, too. So and there's that, three. That definitely right. plays in there's, their advantage There's three as well. top prospects there. And you don't, ha- you don't know what order teams are going to have these guys. It might You might get down to draft day, and the guy you like the best is the one that's generally thought of as the third best. Um, but then it might be the other way around, where you know Indeed. the guy you like is the guy that everybody starts to know, okay, this is the guy. And you know for sure he's not going to make it to you. And then what do you do? I love I'm that's excited. why I love the draft. There's so much weird crap that happens, and it's like it's it's the wild west because it's not like in a situation. It's not like in a game situation. You can gain a huge advantage on draft day if you play it right. And there's and you can so screw much your franchise. time now and then. Oh yeah. Oh man, so much can happen. Oh, and all three of these quarterbacks at some point, there's going to be you know talking heads on TV. They're going to be like, oh, this is the number one guy because of this yeah. and that, and this is the number one guy because of this and that. And this guy's knows? garbage. And maybe I'll maybe I'll change my mind, but right now, and I've looked at these three guys a lot just because that's you know it, the quarterback's such a big off season. So you go Goff, Lynch, Wentz. No, I go Goff, Wentz, Lynch. Okay, all right. So, yeah. we'll, we'll check back in. I go Goff, and then the North Dakota State guy, and I think they're closer together. And and third, a little bit more distant third is Lynch. 
Gotcha. Um, and I wouldn't like break my TV if they drafted Lynch at the seven spot. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's worth the seventh pick. I'd say he's you worth more of a later first round pick. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's just me. Right, but we'll he's got that, that size, athleticism. I could totally see teams falling in love with him, and he goes really high. I could absolutely uh-huh. see that. But I think Wentz has a similar package. I mean, I think Wentz, their names are too similar, too. I hate that. I yeah, think Carson right. Wentz has a, a little bit better across-the-board package of what Paxton Lynch has. He's got the size, speed, and athleticism, uh, and I think he uses it a little bit better than Lynch does. Okay. When it comes down to playing quarterback in the NFL, uh, I'm going to lean towards the guy. It's played from the neck up. I, I don't think it's all. It's not about arm. It's not about how long your limbs are, you know. Uh, it's not all about arm strength. They make so many mistakes, NFL teams do, giving guys extra credit for arm strength. You know, it's like, can you make that throw? Okay, it, it, it's it's a checkbox. It's not like a ranking. You know, it's not like a one. Right. It's not a one to ten grade. It's a checkbox. And you Once hear you guys talk about it all off. the time. You know, right. that the, the game speed is just so much different in the NFL. And like you said, I feel like that comes from the neck up. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, and just look at. All the listeners out there, or Nick, some sometime this week when you're thinking about it, think, okay, who are the best quarterbacks in the league now? Who are the best quarterbacks that I have ever seen, that I can remember? All the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And think about the things that made those quarterbacks great. And it's always stuff that happened from the neck up. Right. It's almost never like, this guy was so amazing because he had the best fastball, you know? Or this guy was so amazing because he was so athletic. Because running quarterbacks are hurt quarterbacks. Yeah. So I just... Period. Unless you're Superman like Cam Newton, and you can even get in an accident in a car, <laughs> flip over, and, and that guy's such a monster, you know. <laughs> and and I think people are gonna, you're gonna see Cam Newton's name thrown around with Carson Wentz a lot. I think you're gonna see a lot of that. And I think the fact that Cam Newton's in the Super Bowl right now probably helps both those guys because mm-hmm. they're big and athletic. Um, but then you can just look at the flip side though with Peyton Manning, so that, that just balances each other out. Right, accuracy, touch, and it's just the quick decision making. It's the right decisions. Mm-hmm. It's the the pre snap reads. It's going through your reads, you know, looking off safeties. It's things that that Goff does that, that you don't see a lot. And those that's the reason I like him. So we can we're, we can talk about a lot of this uh, quarterback stuff a lot later in the offseason to get closer to the draft. And I'll watch a lot more of all these guys and I'll have a better idea. But right now, that's where it's at. There's there's three first round guys. Love it. Um, then a bunch of other guys. And for me, it's Goff Wentz. Lynch. That's the order. And for me, you know, new new coach, you know, high draft pick, not not the highest, but but still pretty good. You know, you, you get a healthy Carlos Hyde back, the possibility of Kaepernick. I mean, there, there's a lot to look forward to as a 49er fan, and you, you really couldn't say that going into the last season. No, not at all. And how cool would it be to see Chip Kelly? Because they had three different quarterbacks in three different years, or four different quarterbacks in three different years. It's hard to remember. He, he started off with, with Mike Vick the first year. Right. Then, then he went to Foles and then Sanchez and then Bradford. It would be really cool to see him take a college quarterback that was really good and mold him and have his one quarterback that was his guy that he developed and see what that looked like three years down the road. That would be really cool. Yeah, I wouldn't put that out of the uh, the reach there for, yeah. for a guy like Chip Kelly because yeah. I'm buying in. I, I'm on board. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. One of the things that scares me is I think that Gabbert would probably look pretty good in Chip's offense next year. So if you don't draft no a quarterback, no problem with that. You know I'm, I'm driving the Gabbert bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see a thing where Gabbert looks really good and then he goes and signs a free agent deal somewhere else or with the 49ers <laughs> for too much money. Or yeah, I mean they can't trade him like the Foles thing. That was right. surprising. Him trading away Foles, who was his yeah. best quarterback while he was in Philly, for Bradford. That was just an odd, odd, odd deal. He, he he thought he saw something. Yeah, he did. He thought he had the uh, number one overall guy, yeah. but what he had was a broken 
a broken guy. <laughs> he remember he remembered the Oklahoma days too much, I yeah. think. All right, should we get out of here? Yeah, let's do this. All right, man. It was good talking to you. It's weird not having you in studio. It is, it is, but it's working. And uh, yeah, I look forward to doing it again. We'll probably take a, a few weeks off here unless something big happens, then we'll jump back on board. Yeah, we'll have a show for you in a couple weeks and we'll have a guest or two and we'll have our, our phone system worked out and maybe have somebody on via Skype. And there's a lot of different ways we can do it, but we'll definitely have some guests and talk to some of our familiar voices. Hey, before we get out of here, who's winning the Super Bowl? Oh, Super Bowl. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah. If I had to put money on it, I would put uh-huh. my money on the Panthers. Would you give up the points? Isn't it five and a half or something? I, you know, that, that's tough because five and a half is a lot of points for I think two teams with really good defenses. Right. So in that case, I would probably, if you're going with the spread, I would probably take Denver. And you know, I watched a lot of Carolina games this season, and I watched quite a few Bronco games as well. And I'd give up the points. I really think Carolina is going to beat them by by double digits. Yeah, I can't fault you for that. I I, yeah. I think it's just so hard to beat Denver by double digits. It's true. Uh, and I really don't want the Peyton Manning legacy to be he can't win the big one. I don't want to see him get blown out. I don't want to see like the uh, the Seattle game. I mean, he has won the big one. He's yeah, got his he one. Has, right. But then he's he's lost so many since then and hasn't been able to get back. It, I mean, uh, how awesome would it be? Just too good of a story for Peyton Manning to just ride off into the sunset, win that I Super agree. Bowl. Everyone knows he's done. Yeah. Uh, that'd be really cool. I, I agree. I mean, that's what I want to have happen. You know, my heart tells me like, oh, yeah, Peyton Manning, he's been great for so long. But, I mean, the level Cam Newton's playing and that defense, oh, it's otherworldly. And it'll be a Superman. It'll be a, an all yeah. Cam Newton thing because the defense is playing well, but – the Broncos defense is playing as good, if not better, than than that Panthers defense, and their that Broncos offense has more talent than than the Panthers offense. I think. I mean, yeah, who's going to be? I mean, you know, nothing else. Really excited to watch it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and Cam Newton is going to have to do a lot because it's not like Ted Ginn <laughs> is going to take the game over, right? <laughs> we know Ted Ginn, and he's made Ted Ted Ginn look pretty good, and he might have a big play or two, uh, but it's not going to be the Ted Ginn show. It's going to be the Cam Newton show if, if the Panthers are Super Bowl champs. Couldn't agree more. You follow him on Twitter at BD Peacock. You follow me at Barry Wink. Thanks so much for listening to Gold Faithful. We will talk to you next time. See ya.